Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth This is Maya Tiwari Today I will speak to what a truly vibrant community is about. It is no news that in the last century and more we have been living in a fragmented, disjointed society where we no longer have the commune, the community, the communication, the cooperation of a true thriving community. What we generally describe as a good community is about residents contributing to a community where they want to live There's pride and collective sense of place. The environment is generally safe, clean and tidy. People seek thriving community to feel cared for, acknowledged. And they yearn to contribute in some way to its betterment. A good community can also be described as a cohesive, safe, confident and happy place. It is a place that is free of poverty and crime, providing a high quality of life for those who live there. It values and promotes participation, developmental processes, and it's underpinned by a continuous transgenerational cultural sameness. But we have to take a radical leap from these normal definitions of what a successful community is in order to build a true and wholesome community we must learn what it is that comprise such a community first and foremost it must have diversification it cannot be a community of just the like-minded it cannot be of sameness then we must start from wherever we are it is not a good idea for us to keep relocating into pristine forests pristine lands pristine environment to create our mentalized mechanized communities of sameness which we call thriving communities i do not see them that way unless a community serves everyone from the lowly to the high from the trodden to those who are well off then it is not a community for example I live in a forest that was once inhabited by the Cherokee people. Here the sassafras trees and ramp saxcallions, acres of ginseng and numerous heritage fruit and flowering trees grew wild. The light was effervescent. The aroma of these native woods spawning a legitimacy of mind this forest had been so protected by its early native inhabitants and to some extent by the early 
American Caucasians who took over these lands. That the present unconscious environmental behavior of the new tribe of urban dwellers is only now beginning to show its toxic markings. The progressively worsening conditions in my forest, resulting from mechanized practices of human urbanites, is rapidly eroding the forest, the land, the water, the air. You can still feel the effervescence and lightness of air here. But the trees and the earth are weary and worn. In this area, drug trafficking is rampant. A typical scenario of the poor being used by those who are somewhat more fortunate. Rampant among the poor peddlers are those greedy drug lords who continue to perish the poor and plague on their unfortunate existence and lifestyles. I often invite these young people to my compound as I've had a long relationship with a farm that takes care of the disadvantaged here in this area of the mountains. I'm often criticized by the more elite members of this community for so doing, but we must influence the unfortunate and the poor, and not just take advantage of them or push them aside and wish they would disappear into the ghettos of the lost cause. So yes, this is the perfect place from which we build a community simply because I live here. So we start to build from the lowest point of human despair and work our way up. A true community is not comprised of only the like-minded and the privileged, where the poor and trodden are used to benefit the already excessively fattened in this ambience of chemicalized serenity. The lot of a community is a muddled mix. It is the rainbow of the poor and the rich and the creative and the destructive, the lawless and the lawful because we must all come together to build a wholesome community. And each and every one of us deserve to be in a community that we build together from bottom up and top down. We begin not by expelling the poor and despairing to the ghettos of the lost curses and lost causes but by influencing the privileged class to become more selfless and productive for the greater good of all. We help the poor to sustain themselves economically and to grant them the same self-sustaining education that we deserve. Not by doling out money and favors, but by inviting them into the heart with access to organic farming, nutrition, education. 
let us assume a truly cooperative mentality. Leaders and pioneers are necessary and critical, but we need to redefine these roles. We are not here to lead people, but to commune with each other and inspire participation for change. We're not here to dictate the terms of living within the elitist community because that is far from a true and noble and self-sustaining community that will do good for all. The degree to which we succeed in inspiring each other is the degree to which we will define the success of a truly wholesome community. Let us examine what we call like-minded community today. It all looks so innocent, but it is not guileless. And I'll tell you why. Because in trying to develop like-minded community of sameness, same interests, same goals, same greediness, same elitism, same sense of we have, we are alike and we have this and we have all sorts of uh, new age education, holistic and otherwise, and we have complete access to our own organic farming, and we are the us and they are the them. Well, that is far from ideal because it is elitism, because it is separatism, because it is sameness, and sameness has no way of gaining stasis or equanimity and therefore it collapses. What we call like-minded communities bear a greater relationship to the definition of a cult. Here, what is a cult? Concentrated efforts at influence and control lie at the very core of cultic groups and programs and relationships. The supporters of such communities are not fully aware of the extent to which members may be manipulated, exploited, and even abused. The following list of social, structural, social, psychological, interpersonal, behavioral patterns commonly found in cult environments may open our eyes to the idea that community of the like-minded, like-spirited, spiritually so inclined are not necessarily the community that we are looking for. Food for one must be food for all, education for one must be education for all, and access to the noble divinity of life itself must be an access for everyone. There is no stronger community than the greater mix of exactly what we have here, except there has to be collaboration, cooperation, inspiration, and the vision to hold it together so everyone is served and everyone is serving. In like-minded, like-spirited community, so to speak, often there is an alienation from the greater family of humanity from your own individual family members oftentimes and from communities or people who don't exactly subscribe to your purview. 
I call these elitist communities. They have a polarized us versus them mentality, which cause conflict within and without. Often we find in these groups an excessive zealousness, unquestionable commitment to whom they presume to be their leaders. It could be a spiritual leader, it could be an ideological leader, it could be just a community leader. For example, being a vegetarian is implaudable and practicing meditation is good for our mental and physiological health. However, the command that everyone must be vegetarian and everyone must attend meditation classes is not. That we share the same spiritual practice such as chanting or meditation or denunciation sessions or remodeling sessions or whatever is not a divine idea. We often use these innocent practices an excuse, as an excuse and in excess and serve to suppress doubts about the group and our own faith in whoever we think the leadership is or are. A so-called like-minded community tend to dictate how members should think, act and feel. A real wholesome community of the rainbow mix of it all actually has no specific leadership, just guides, just people exercising their karma for the greater good of all and by example and influence help those who are trodden and low-spirited to rise. I have worked for 40 years with those who have been trodden either by disease, despair, poverty, drugs, habits that are destructive and the like. And I can assure you that beneath the veneer of these conditions is a noble spirit easier to reach than the spirit of elitism, also those whom I've served. Shall I go on? In like-spirited, like-minded, like-gold community where we are the privileged and the excessively fattened Leadership here can induce feelings of shame and guilt in order to influence and control its members. Often this is done through peer pressure and subtler forms of persuasion. Now you may have, and I want to make this point very clear, a guru, a spiritual leader, a spiritual master or mistress that you love and that have helped you to grow and influence your whole life and that is great we all need elders and gurus of wisdom in our lives but they are not a profession and our entire lives should not be devoted to just that ideology because if it is where then is your purpose your human will your power to reflect and be glorious in your own birth purpose. 
Is it only to serve this guru? Is it only to serve the constraints of the location of these gurus? And if that be the case, then are we not leading just a blind life in service? These are transient places. All teachers are transient in our lives and must be. Because the main goal is to find our own human integrity, our own humanity, and to keep growing the love and the heart and the wisdom of it all to its fullest in each of our lives. A group then that is preoccupied in bringing in new members into its affluent community. And there's nothing wrong with affluence and money. We all need it. But how it is being used and abused in our present day culture is subject for yet another podcast. In like-spirited, like-minded communities, your influence to socialize only with each other and within the groups, or with people whom you consider worthy of your group. This is not the basis for a wholesome community that will exist in our humanity in the present and future to which we are going. We then want to get back to understanding that we can solve any problem, that every elder will rise to the occasion, that each and every human nature geared towards its own destiny will come to the fore when we begin to build a community from where we sit and where we stand and exactly where we are at present. Given the entire muddled mix of complex, complex manifold layers of its pathologies, it is the world we live in today, it cannot be escaped, but we can work with it. And that is what it takes to build a true community we have proven over and over again by all of the agencies of the world. We have just, the world has just spent more than $30 trillion to assuage and calm the COVID-19 situation. So money is there, but has money really, has grants and money and shifting money to the poor and shifting money to poor countries of these things really helped us to build any kind of community. We keep talking about self-sustenance and yet we're not truly understanding that the principle of self-sustenance is diversity. And we keep talking about diversity, but yet we do not understand that the principle of diversity is to let it work in the very existing model mix rainbow complexities and confusion in which we all sit. That's where it must begin. That's where it will work. Not to put aside 
and defined by our own human ideology what is best for our own personal egos and own personal driven goals of greed and whatever else. But really, to be like the trees in the forest, to be as free as the wind, to understand that we are in service to each other, for a true community to blossom, we must all bless each other because of our diversity, regardless of our sameness. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And peace be your journey.